Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Kevin, guess what? What, Rob? We now have over 50 iTunes reviews. <sighs> Huzzah! Huzzah! Indeed! Oh. We are climbing those iTunes rating charts. That's amazing. Yeah. How do we climb even higher? Can you take <laughs> me high enough? Little Rock of Ages for you. Do you know I like that you took it up so high too? You didn't even you like went right to the tenor place. I was gonna do climbing. no Robert Goulet. Like, no. Can you take me high enough? Thanks for coming out tonight. Ooh, and my falsetto there. <laughs> Thank you. And a little Sergio Frankie. Yeah, a little Sergio. It's never over. <laughs> Much like the 24-hour buffet down in the lobby of the Dunes Casino. Me and Sid the Caesar. Two nights only at the Mirage. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, lovely listeners, this is where you come in. This is how we're going to climb those iTunes rating charts. That's right. Lovely listeners, if you love us, would you go to iTunes? Click on the iTunes store. Search for Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Then click on Ratings and Reviews. Under the Customer Reviews, click Write a Review. Then let us know what you think from one to five stars. That's right. And you can leave comments, too, like Kevin Thomas is a god. Or, Rob, who the hell is Hervé Villachez? Who, 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 who is Hervé Via, uh, via, sh- oh my god, I fell for it See? again. You fell for <laughs> that wasn't even the, the script. The man has never done <laughs> one musical in his entire life, and he gets mentioned more than Stephen Sondheim. Right, Sondheim's but I love him from James the Bond. Okay, anyway, oh, yes. guys, help us out. Please. Please. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Curtain, and make sure to join our Facebook page at Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legend. And if that's not enough, follow us on the Instagram at Broadway Curtain Podcast. Plus, you can always listen to our podcasts on Broadway World and Stitcher. Our guest today is one of Broadway's most talented and well-known actors, having been on The Great White Way since 1980. While he has portrayed many different characters in his illustrious career, he is perhaps best known to audiences as the lovable but very misguided Franklin Shepard in the infamous and much-beloved Merrily We Roll Along. Boy, especially this year. I love it's come back. Yes. Uh, and after Merrily closed, our guest starred in such musicals as Stardust, 42nd Street, and The World Goes Around crazy for you, and the hit revivals of Sweeney Todd, The Music Man, and Company. To tell us what it was like to work with such legends as Susan Stroman, Stephen Sondheim, and Patti Lapone, plus how his honesty got him cast in Merrily We Roll Along, here is the wonderful Jim Walton. Hello, gentlemen. It's Welcome. so great Hello, to be here. Jim. First of all, thank you so much for joining us on this cold, wintry day. Oh my it's my pleasure I'm to so come thankful. inside. <laughs> so we're going to actually start in the middle, and then we're going to jump backwards, which is, I'm sure, a storytelling device Sounds you're very familiar, familiar <laughs> with. I see what you did there, Rob. See, what, how did nice. your honesty with Hal Prince get you cast in Merrily We Roll Along? Well, that's my take on it. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, when I auditioned for Merrily We Roll Along, I was 25 years old, so I was on the older end of the spectrum from what they wanted. I think they wanted, you know, 16 to 22-year-olds. Right. Yeah, young, young, yeah. 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 So I thought I wasn't going to be cast. I just thought I just wanted to meet 
Prince and Sondheim, which was enough. Yeah. Um, but I went through the audition process, and I sang a couple of songs, and I read a scene, just to my recollection. Was it was this when auditions were on stage of theater? Of the well, theater? it was back during those days, but this yeah. was not. It was at the Minskoff Rehearsal Studios, okay. oh. which is, I don't know what it is now. I don't know either. It's there, but... yeah. And the last question he asked me, he said, Jim, how old are you? <laughs> and then I remember it was like time went away, <laughs> and I examined within two seconds time, well, I could lie and say I'm 22 because I look 22. Mm -hmm. But then if he found out that I lied, that wouldn't be a good thing. <laughs> and it's how Prince. And it's yeah. Prince. And I just thought, and then a voice said, do you really want to get this show on a lie? I mean, do you want to lie to get your... I yeah. Said, no. So I said, I'm 25 years old. And he said... Thank you, Jim. And I thought that was like, thank you. Thanks for yeah. that's all we need today. But anyway, the, and it wasn't, was it? No, no. They, they got Jim. He ended up getting a big role out of it, which we'll talk sure? about a little bit later on. Um, wow. Now we're going to so jump. tell the truth about your age, kids. Yeah, tell, tell the, the truth. truth about your. You age. never know. People will know. <laughs> well, they now they can they can find out. I mean, yeah. oh yeah, oh, I mean, I was like, like on my uh, Facebook, yeah. Twitter. <laughs> they list easy everything. to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, everyone in this room is you know twenty. So mm. we, we have nothing to worry about, right? Mm. Great. Okay, That's great. Funny, Rob. That's um, funny. I have to ask you, do you remember what you sang at your oh, audition? I love this. I do remember. I sang Broadway Baby from Dames at Sea. I found me a Broadway Baby. That song. Oh, yeah? And I also, they let you sing two complete songs Complete back then. songs. My God. I sang I've Confessed to the Breeze I Love You from No No Nanette. Oh, as a my goodness. Jim, what great as choices. Yeah. Oh, that was my yeah. I yeah. confess yeah. to the breeze, oh. I love you. Were those your go-to audition songs when you were auditioning? I think they were. I know Broadway Baby was. Yeah. Because I knew I played the piano. I knew it was easy enough to play. It had a nice Broadway two-four, real yeah. nice groove to yep. it. And I would always get excited while singing it. That's mm -hmm. amazing. And and I guess I've confessed to the breeze. I, I'm not sure why I chose that, but. It's a good song. It's a you love your I no no no. I do. I love no no no. It's underrated. Well, I hate to say underrated, but it's it's a hilarious and extremely tuneful yeah. uh, musical. It is underrated. I want to see more productions you of it. I really like the show. So I like the show. Born in Japan? Yes. Well, what circumstances led to the, the birth in Japan? Tachikawa, Japan, which is, uh, I think, uh, roughly 15 miles west of Tokyo. Okay. My okay. father was uh, served two years in the Air Force wow. um, in 19, I guess, 54 to 56 or 55 to 57. And um, my mother and my two older siblings went along, and I was born there. Okay. And my younger sister was also born in Tachikawa. How long were you in Japan for? I think we were there two to three years. And then? Then came back. back. Then he was done with his military uh -huh. service, and we came back uh, to the States. The Midwest. We're, we're in the States. To, oh, I'm so sorry. Were you no, here? I was going to say um, the Midwest. Uh -huh. Is it true? Yeah. Marion. Very good. Yeah, we, uh, they ended up uh, in a roundabout way through uh, several cities in, this, in the States in uh, Marion, Indiana. Marion, Indiana. Birthplace of James Dean, that's about all I can give you. Fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. home to Jim Walton, for, oh, Jim well, and Bob Walton yeah. for many, Bob, many, many yeah. years. Mm, yes. So living in Indiana, how did you discover theater? I went to Ohio. No. Uh, <laughs> the, it, the, we had quite a community, a theater community in my hometown. A, a very passionate community. 
of actors. And uh, my first and most important mentor was named uh, Richie Walton. No relation. Huh. Richie Walton was your first. He was he was the my church choir director. He was the he directed the choirs at Marion High School and directed the shows, conducted the orchestras, taught music theory. Uh, he was kind of like a god when I was like eight or ten years old. He was it. You sound like the town musician theater person. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was the king at the time. And um, also a family friend Mm -hmm. because we were all in the church choir and he he lived a half a mile from, it was a small town. Yeah. So he, he gave me my start and I took music theory with him and then I could apply everything I'd learned in piano lessons. Oh, that's a deceptive cadence. Oh, I oh. get it. Oh, well, that's a Picardy third. You know, um, yeah. he taught me all that, and uh, so. But he was the king of it. But there were a lot of people who loved the theater, and he would come to New York City every summer and see eight to ten musicals in a week's time. Oh wow! And then come back, and somehow would be able to transcribe a song from a Broadway show off of the album, and then voice it for all of us, and we would sing it in a swing choir. You know. And stage, we he was. That's really cool. Yeah, that's but incredible. Was, I love teachers that can influence so oh, many students. Oh, like yeah. that one person can really uh, be have such an impact. No, his passion radiated, and he was a disciplinarian as well. Oh, you yeah. know, we all had to have our hair cut. I still have my hair kind of cut short like that. It was <laughs> he was a real clean cut, like wholesome, know. all yes. American. Yes. Mm-hmm. Were your parents supportive of you going into the... They were. Yeah? They loved the theater, and that's when I first saw musical theater. They went to see his productions oh, wow. at the oh. high school, and so I was a kid watching these people have the time of their lives on stage. Do you remember any musical specifically you oh, saw? Oh, sure. Music Man oh. was a big one. To yeah. play Harold Hill, which later happened for me, yeah. uh, was, was a huge motivator. Um, oh, shows like Half a sixpence. Yes, George yes. M. It's it's in London again right mm-hmm. now. Actually, yeah. um, well, uh, My Fair Lady. The yes, big, the big ones. Like, yeah. yeah, that's great. And then, um, did you immediately go to college after that? Or high school, right into college? Mm-hmm, I did. I went to the University of Cincinnati, the oh. conservatory. What did yeah. you study there? Musical theater. They have a, they had their degree at that a point. fine arts degree in musical theater, yeah. which means it's that goulash of singing, mm-hmm. dancing, acting. <laughs> theater history, Gosh. development of drama, you I know. <laughs> Every <laughs> true. No, yeah, that's exactly it was, right. Yeah. And what roles were you playing when you were in college? Um, I The first role I played, oddly enough, was Dick and James at Sea, Broadway Baby. They had, uh, in Cincinnati, it's no longer operating, the showboat Majestic, mm. which was an old showboat. Yeah. It seated, I don't know, I may be wrong, 100 seats, maybe 150, and oh, it was wow. on the Ohio River. And... Um, Little stage that would rock when bigger boats would go by. <laughs> it was like amazing. Yeah, really. Um, <laughs> and but then I went and worked uh, summer stock at what's still operating called the Wagon Wheel Playhouse. Uh, yeah, in yeah. Warsaw, Indiana. Yeah, in the round, and I did many roles there. And um, oh, but in Cincinnati, I played like the Scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz, yeah. Thomas Jefferson in 1776, oh, yeah. Jerry in Sugar. The Jack Lemon role and um, back when people still did Sugar, yes, yes. Which, which they should be doing more of. They should. That's a great show too. Yeah. Fantastic score. Yeah, <laughs> it works very well. Were you collecting all the original cast recordings and stuff? Oh sure. The, yeah. Oh yeah. Was there one that got played um, in your in your house more than any other? 
Well, I can't really say. We played so many of them. Back when you had you know, the LP player, you could stack five long play, you know. Yeah. So you would hear all of Act One of Promises, Promises, Roar the Grease Paint. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. George M. Applause. Wait, I'm sorry to interrupt. So the, the record player would would you wouldn't have to get up and change the record? no. You know, if you could stack them back then, so it would like drop one, it would play yeah. that whole thing. Then the arm would come out, and then the next one would drop down, oh God, and amazing. it would play that. And then you'd have to flip for act you'd two. You'd have to flip, uh, yeah, them. yeah, but you could still have this. Which is pretty yeah. cool. I never Unless that. you had two recordings of applause, well, <laughs> then you could do act one, and then act and two. And just have that waiting. You know, we I didn't quite have that kind of money. <laughs> no, they're, they're pricey. Flash around. They're still pricey. You shared this love of theater with your brother, too. Uh, and, and my oldest sister, Joan. Okay. And, well, we all, there's five of us, so we wow. all loved the theater. So we know that Bob gets into the theater as well. Does Joan... She is, uh, well, yes, she also studied musical theater, but ended up, uh, she's a freelance choreographer and dance teacher in the Bay Area of Fantastic. California. That's so cool. And, and still doing it. That's and your other two siblings? They're, no, they're not, they don't work in the theater, they still, they're in Indiana mm-hmm. doing other jobs, but um, we all were theater enthusiasts as children. And Some of the biggest lessons you took away from doing summer stock? Um... It's really, I tr- I'll start very generally and try to figure it out, but to, to be on stage, you know, the experience of playing a part is, for me, the best education. It was the best education because that's where I learned to do whatever, to develop a technique, for better or worse, g- good habits and bad habits. Um, uh, I suppose it's... It's good in that it teaches you to work fast. You have to learn to roll quickly. I, it was two weeks stock at uh, Wagon Wheel. Yeah. So you would open a show, and then you'd be learning your next show, sometimes while you're rehearsing the show you're rehearsing. Uh, but then you have to stage it very quickly. So you kind of have to work fast. Um, boy, I, I don't remember there were too many specifics. You learn... Lots of dance steps you never thought you'd learn because the choreographer comes in and says, have you ever done a barrel turn? No. Well, here, here it is. No, <laughs> wow. keep your head up. No, oh, your shoulders have to... Oh, I see. So yeah. it's but, a class. But every, you feel that's the best training, would you say to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In many ways, it was the best training. I was lucky enough that I could go to college and study it, but equally as lucky to work every summer of my college years. I worked at Wagon Wheel. Playhouse and played as many as three roles a summer. You know, boy, yeah. to have a Jeez, dozen roles great. under I your mean, belt. Your resume is like, yeah. By yeah. the end of that the college time experience, came, yeah. By the time I came to New York, yeah. I had already gained a lot of experience, and I was twenty-three. You know, by then. So you, so you graduate, and then it's God bless, pound Pretty the much pavement, go to New York, Good luck, have fun. And did you go straight to New York from graduation? Uh, no, I didn't. I I took a job. I wanted to get my equity card. Mm. Because after doing four or five years of non-equity stock, and oh, of I didn't want to move to New York, I just thought, well, I'm going to go there, and I'm just going to compete on the union level. Was, was my ideal. So I went to Naples, Florida, where I was a musical director. See, in that wow. what was then called Naples Dinner Theater, uh-huh. no longer in operation, and I. But it was an equity theater. Yeah. So yeah. I thought, well, if I do a few shows, and I knew the director, maybe they'll. Throw me a bone and let me be in a play and get my equity card, and that's exactly what happened. So I was there off and on for a year and a half after college. 
So let me ask you, because you, you did it a while ago, you don't do it anymore, but music directing, what makes a good music director? You've worked with so many in your career. Wow. Well, I guess there's a lot. Just being a good leader, whatever that means, which is, you know, pushing your your singers and your choir, your your singing ensemble to be as good as they could be without being too much of a pain. Yeah. You know? um, oh, things like diction, you know, as you both, I'm sure, know, when you get a larger group of people singing diction, it's harder to understand the lyrics, and so you really have to be very particular about the vowel you're singing and when you cut off. And um, I suppose there's a lot to it. But you must be a music director's dream coming in from that that world. So I'm sure you're, you're keeping I, an eye out on yourself I as well. I suppose so. Once in a while, I've said, "Do you? We're in B major here, so I think the it's an A sharp. Oh, right. Sometimes it can be a it's curse because yeah, you're like, like, you're I, like I don't want to know more than they do. Yeah, <laughs> curse and a blessing. I try yeah. to, but it's sometimes if it's in the voice, I go, "Ooh, I think it's an A sharp." Yeah. You know, it's like, "Oh, yes, sorry, sorry." You know, did, did you play a lot for people in college? I mean, were yeah, you, I were you I, accompanying I, for mm-hmm. people and stuff? Yeah. yeah. I played, I studied when I was a kid, yeah. and then when I was around 14 or 15, I started playing theater music, which really resonated with me more. Same. Might be a difficult question, but who was your favorite composer to play? Oh, boy. I don't know. Growing up? Yeah. Like, at all? Like Yeah, like, who, who did you enjoy playing? Oh, you know, like Haydn. I still yeah, enjoy love playing Haydn. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. sonatas, they're challenging, but they're just... Not quite as hard as Mozart to me. You know what I mean? Yes, 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 yes. It's, it, they're very similar. Um, I don't know. I like playing Bach. I mean, I know it's crazy. I like the real... You like the... The real classic Chopin, yeah. Bach, Mozart, Haydn. Um, nice. But then when I got into theater music, oof, all of them. Yeah. Cole Porter, Gershwin, I don't know. How yeah. fun. And then yeah. once I started trying to play Sondheim, or that, then it was much more challenging. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what show you were music directing when you went down to Naples? Was it a whole, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of stuff that you were doing? I did a few shows. I think the first show that I did was, um, uh, I know I did f- uh, Fiddler, Sound of Music, Irma La Douce. Irma La Douce. Was wow. the first show I musical directed there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I, what a I way to start you off. <laughs> my gosh. An odd show. It's a bit weird. Yeah, I don't really know it. And even now, I don't yeah. have a recording of it. I think you're okay. I think yeah. you're okay. And then you got your equity card down there, too? Mm-hmm. Well, I was in room service. They did, uh, you know. The oh, my gosh. That the Marx Brothers did a version of in a, yeah. a film, room service. It's uh, like a drawing room comedy. It takes place in a hotel. and um, That got you the equity card and then back to New York City? Yeah, I did a I musical directed again there after that, a Cole Porter review, as oh, I recall. Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect, mm-hmm. perfect, perfect. Yeah, and, and then I moved to New York in February of 79. What was auditioning for musical theater like in 1979 as compared to now? Boy, uh, I don't know. I don't audition as much as I used of to. Of course, of course, of course. Not because I'm getting offers. It's just there are fewer parts, and sure, it's different. Um as like I said earlier, we sang entire songs. I remember that. And if you wanted to sing the verse, you could. Yeah. You know, it wasn't <laughs> like sixteen bars didn't exist back then. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it did, but I escaped that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I was. It was just different to be young and to have your career ahead of you and just. Were you working without an agent, or did you get an agent at this time? I worked without an agent for the first. I guess 
what, six to eight months. I just, backstage was my agent, Backstage Magazine. You'd oh, pick wow. it up every Wednesday, I think it came out, and uh, I'd circle auditions. There were a reunion, and I would go. And That's amazing. And I started as a musical director for a show called Big Bad Burlesque that was at the Orpheum Theater. Yes, we wanted to ask you about. That was my... New York City debut, <laughs> Jim Walton's Big Bad Burlesque. So, how what what, what uh, t- was it big? Was it bad? And was it burlesque? <laughs> well, it was probably all of those things. It was at the Orpheum Theater. Now we're smash, uh, 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 stomp, stomp, which is stomp, stomp's been there stomps probably since years. Big Bad Burlesque yeah, has yeah, been exactly. there. I mean, uh, it was a kind of a, an affectionate portrait to the days of burlesque. There were. The scantily clad young ladies. Love it. My, oh my. It yes, wasn't please. a bad deal for me. Yeah. <laughs> I had many visual cues yes, that I had to watch Focus. what was going on, <laughs> on while them. I played. No, I played piano and drums <laughs> at the same yes. time. Why I had you a, I kick did, drum or see, something? I had, yeah, I had, a, I had a snare drum yeah. towards the bass clef and a hi-hat. So I could still operate my sustenuto pedal on the piano and right. play, but I could do upbeats on the... And then I would pick up the sticks and go... On the snare drum, because I also played the drums when I was a kid. And that was on my resume, so they... Killing me. Yeah, it was... Yeah, I hate to talk badly about it, but it was it was a crazy time where I was... And I also did arrangements, and it was... Baptism by fire when you, here. When you come to New York and you're like, oh, I got to say yes to everything, you know, I got to do much. it all. You know, yeah. it was 24, yeah, or 20, yeah. I yeah. turned 24 when I did that job. Oh my God <laughs> Almighty! And I also tap danced in it because that was on my resume. <laughs> right. And I said, well, who's going to play? Nobody. It's going to be a tacit thing where you'll. S- there was a fire pole. I played up on the second story, up you know above the others. Yeah. And then, but there was a to get down to the stage. There was a fireman's pole, <laughs> so I started Act Two a... wearing tap shoes, slid down the fire pole, and tap danced with Danny Herman, who was in the show. And then I ran up the stairs and did the rest of the act in my tap shoes at the piano. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is incredible. Yeah, it was pretty insane. Did, now, how does Scrambled Feet come into all of this? Well, that I auditioned for a while doing Big Bad Burlesque. That was already a hit at the right. top of the game. I think I have the record for yeah. that, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Would you tell our listeners what Scrambled Feet was? It was, uh, in, my, in many ways, I think it was the predecessor to Forbidden Broadway. Mm. It was a, a lighthearted comic review uh, aimed at, in part at uh, parodying the theater. Be made fun of Elephant Man and <laughs> other shows. Uh, I can't even remember now. But four people were in it: John Driver, Jeffrey Haddo, who wrote it, Roger uh, Nelson, and Evelyn Barron, and a duck was in it—a live yeah. duck, which is on the cover of the album. Yes, what is this duck yeah, that I, that I never... hear? It was an actual live duck on stage. It was. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. I missed that part. Evelyn of my Barron, life. the the one female in the show. Started it. I think it was an act two. Sat down at the piano, and they everybody accompanied themselves oh, wow. on the piano. There was no band. You accompanied you, each, other each other or yourself. Yeah. She started singing. I think it was like Un Beldi. She started singing an mm. operatic thing, Un Beldi, mm-hmm. and then a duck comes out from behind the curtain, quack, 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 and she and the audience laughs, and she stops, and then she sings a song called "Never Go on Stage with an Animal." Oh, cute, perfect, and that's what it is, and. <clears throat> Uh, so, 
Anyway, that I don't. duck was well, also a, an Irma Deuce. Uh, yeah, ducks had a very nice career it's since. Some very good great. work. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a lot of work for one uh, song. Yes, it's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it's, I love it. I mean, it was odd, and the duck was kind of aggressive because we had <laughs> no. We had to walk from our dressing rooms downstairs oh through the kitchen to the back of the. We'd entered along this back wall oh. in the theater, and anyway, but oh. the duck would chase at you and bite your legs. Would bite at your legs. Because he wanted to be in Pippin again. That's the duck wanted to be in Pippin. Not a duck dummy. That's not a duck. <laughs> that is oh hysterical. Wow. No, so you were part of the replacement cast for Scream? Yes. Uh huh. Well, was it just you be replacing, or was there a group of people coming in with a you? A group of people. Uh, Mitch Greenberg, who's presently in uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Steve oh Liebman, uh, who's no longer with us, sadly. Myself. And Faith Prince yeah. went in. Act, uh, she, she came to. We went to college together. So she, she came in part. To see me right. and scrambled feet, stayed for a Q and A, and asked how she could get an audition, and they set it up, and then she replaced <laughs> Evelyn Barron later, or maybe out. it was Susan Edwards, whoever replaced Evelyn. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, how fun! But it was it was good. I must have done it for a year and a half, and played oh. piano and sang. I was kind of like the young leading man guy. I sang the one ballad about being in love with. Yeah. My girlfriend, and, and you know, <laughs> she gives me more than love. Was the song? Oh, how sweet! How inappropriate! But I how was going to yeah. say, in this day and age, everyone's it mind was an we'll STD. Yeah, okay, she gave me you. more than love, and there's an ointment and for a that. duck. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh my gosh! So that's. I think that's going to take us to perfectly Frank. Oh my! The Frank Lesser, uh, one of the lesser shows on Broadway that season. <laughs> yeah, I'm they yeah. said. Yeah, that's. I didn't make that up. Yeah. I thought it was a great show. Yeah, that was my first my Broadway debut in November of 1980. How does your Broadway debut come about? Audition? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I auditioned. Uh, Ron Field was directing, choreographing, and Tony Stevens uh, ended up basically choreographing most of it. But uh, I knew who Ron Field was mainly from Applause, yes. and I was a huge Applause fan. Yeah. Uh, which was the first Broadway show I ever saw. Oh, applause was, was the first mm-hmm. Broadway show you ever saw. Okay. Wow. Uh, my father brought my older sister Joan and me into the city because his uh, relatives and my mother's relatives' families were from the Northeast, so we would come to New York sure. basically every summer. Um, so I knew who Ron Field was, and so I auditioned. I don't remember what I sang, but I got a call back, and um, I do remember. Oh, here, yep. yep. I think I, you. Do you do you know this? No, but I saw no? the glint in your eye, and I got excited. Well. I think this is what got me the job because there was required for this role. I was to be to play the piano and sing something like a piano bar sort of situation in one of the sketches sure. in Perfectly Frank, which never came to be. <laughs> but I thought, well, what am I going to sing? And I thought, well, I'm not going to sing Frank Lesser. That's too easy. And I decided, I don't know how I got this idea to that I was going to say, I want to sing a couple of... Uh, Songs that the Barbara Streisand made famous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, uh, that's, I'm going to sing a medley of "On a Clear Day" and "People," and then I started a medley. A medley. A medley. Well, I'm gonna, I basically going to sing them at the same time. And okay, and oh. then I played and I sang, "Oh, people, people who need people are the luckiest people in the world. Meaning I sang the lyrics to people on to a On a Clear, clear Day. To yeah. Clear Day. Amazing. Which was hard to do. And yes. then the <laughs> sentences would end on a and phrase. Risky. In the middle of, yeah, it was totally Jim stupid. Walton for the win. 
Yeah, but they laughed, and I I got a, I think that's probably in part what did it. So because so, it was really that's moronic. So out there. I mean, what a I mean, your first, I mean, picture it. I mean, like your first Broadway, I'm like twenty four big five. show. I mean, like yeah. you know, it's a Broadway show. You got a callback, and you're like, ah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna do my own thing. I actually, do, pretty uh, much. Well, it was Steve Martin was a big. A hero of mine at the time. Oh, it yeah? seemed like something he would do. Like, they asked me to sing two songs <laughs> at the same time. Can you believe it? I'm going to do it. Here goes. You know, that's true. It's so. So, Perfectly Frank was a Frank Lesser mm-hmm. review. Yes. And it just, and then he wrote, and then he wrote, and then he wrote? I believe so. Okay. And yeah. yes, Joe okay. Sullivan Lesser, his uh, widow, yeah. was in it, and she was kind of the. Um, I guess the narrator. Right. Mm-hmm, from, mm-hmm. Although everyone, I, I think, said things here and there. I know there were lines that we had in sketches and a lot of songs. And So there were sketches? There were sketches. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but mainly songs. Mainly mainly the music of Frank Lesser. Yes. What songs did you sing? Do you remember what was on your I track? remember saying, I sang Never Will I Marry. It's a tough song. It is, yeah. Huge yeah. yeah. skip. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I know I sang "Baby, It's Cold Outside" with Virginia Sandifer. Oh, and it wasn't well. It was Christmas time. Well, but, we, we also ran yeah. two weeks. But uh, <laughs> um, and I'm really having trouble remembering. Uh, oh no, Rosanna, Rosanna, the wind knows your name. I I don't even know the song anymore, and people don't know it. It was from a movie. Okay. Oh, he wrote okay. A lot of movie songs, uh-huh. yeah. That's great, though. Yeah. That's a fun track. Was yeah. it a big cast? I mean, it, it was 10. Uh, oh, gosh. That's big bigger than five. Five. It, wasn't more, it was more than just four. Yeah. Nope. It was 10. Oh, why? And, but only two weeks, and then two it was weeks. like. That was it. But the old Helen Hayes, which is now the Marriott. Uh, Marquis. Lobby. Yeah, it's lobby. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. It's a lobby. So now, how does Merrily come into your orbit? Well, uh, I auditioned for that while I was doing Perfectly Frank. Oh, okay. Was Joanna Merlin uh, casting yeah. it? I mean, she we, cast yeah, Merrily. Yeah. I don't think she cast Perfectly no. Frank. Uh, she just worked for yeah, yeah, Prince. Al Prince. Yeah. And I went to the audition for her, which was, I believe, at King Studios, which is no longer there. It's on 43rd between 10th and 11th. Oh. I think it was in the Armory building. Okay. Do you know the yeah. Armory on 42nd? Yeah, yeah. I think it was there or near, okay. very nearby. And um, I just wanted to get a callback so I could meet Hal Prince and Steve. That's all totally. I wanted. Yeah, I got a callback, and that was at the Minskoff that fateful day, early December mm-hmm. of uh, 1980. 80. Yes. And I have to. We'll tell our listeners. We've talked about this before, but uh, the documentary, the best worst thing that ever could have happened. That's. A brilliant documentary that documents so much of this process, but we'd love to hear more about it from from your side. So, what was this rehearsal process like working with the titans of theater, making their next big hit? Well, uh, I I don't know. I it, I guess overall, looking back, I would say that we were all, of course, enamored of Prince and Sondheim. They were they were huge then. I mean, there was there was nobody. Like them, we're, really quickly. We're going into the room with with people like that who had such a massive reputation. Does that cripple you in any way whatsoever in terms of your artistic choices? Do you feel intimidated or? Well, now I do, but that back then when I was twenty, 
I auditioned when I was 25, and by the time I was rehearsing, I was 26. Hmm. And it was kind of cocky, you know. Yeah. Well, you're the, you were probably one of the oldest ones. I was. You're the yeah. Old, yeah. You know what I mean? 25. And I'd yeah. done a Broadway show. You're a yes, veteran. totally. Yeah. And I, 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 I wasn't, you know, arrogant or anything. It wasn't that. It was, it was more to, I think I had a, an overly confident demeanor to protect my own vulnerabilities that I wasn't yet well capable of processing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is when you were not playing Frank. I mean, you yeah, were... Yeah, I, I was his lawyer, Jerome, his lawyer Jerome, originally, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, so I think it pretty much was well-behaved and worked hard and sang out and... Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't really remember, except that we were all just knocked out. That we were cast, and it was unbelievable. Even then, did yeah. the cast get along very well? Mm-hmm, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, just to my recollection, got on very well. And Hal Prince was so respectful and kind to us, and so was Steve. And I, you know, it was it was almost like I felt like we were all thirty year veterans working with them. They treated right. us like real professionals. Yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing because. What makes Hal Prince such a great director? Speaking from an acting point of view, what makes him such a great director? Well, his knowledge, of course. Uh, he is he's he had done has done so much and had learned so much. Um, uh, but I think it's also his spirit, uh, a sort of a a real positive, almost like a boyish spirit. Mm-hmm. The fun of theater. It's mm-hmm. exciting. Whatever he's working on, he he was he seems to be seemed to be excited by it mm-hmm. and just couldn't wait to share it with his cast. Uh, it's so, contagious. Yeah, yeah, it's more that it's a it's a joyful passion for the theater. I, I think yeah. that's the main ingredient. That's he has it more than I do. I mean, I I yeah. meet these people and I think, boy, he's not kidding. He really is that passionate and excited and positive. Oh, okay. How yeah. sweet. Yeah. In the huh. rehearsal room, did you feel like you had a hit on your hands? Um, I guess so. I, I don't I remember just taking it for granted that if more than anything. I thought, well, of course. Well, yeah, they just yeah. did Sweetie Todd. Sweetie Todd. And, yeah. um, yeah. and these pe- men wrote company. Yeah. Were you were you asked to understudy Frank originally? No, I was not Frank's understudy. Got it. No. Uh I think David Cady was. Uh, I believe I was just his lawyer, Jerome, and yeah. a little ensemble thing. Yeah. I was in the transitions, and of course. Um, but no, I, I wasn't his understudy. And but then, in in previews, correct? Yes. Well, it was around the time Ron Field. Yeah, back again. Yeah, going back to Ron was Field. the original choreographer. Who, as a footnote, I'm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if. His participation is in large part why I was cast at all. I never, this is just me speculating. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, well, not that I didn't have the skills, but he, he liked me. I knew he mm-hmm. liked me. Um, but anyway, the day that he was fired, quit, whatever happened, he told me that that was to be so. And I told him I was sorry to hear it. And he said, and uh, by the way, Al's going to want to talk to you today. And I thought, Oh great! Shit. I'm going to be fired. I yeah. thought I was going to be fired or demoted or something. And then I went to the lower lobby of the 
Simon Theater, and he told me in so many words there were some problems with the show, and the produce the producing team wanted to see someone else as Frank Shepard. And he said, "Though I'm happy with it," he says, "I like what James Weisenbach is doing. You know, I'm not the only sure set word. I don't have the only say here." So. And 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 <laughs> did they want you to audition, or were they just were they just like yeah, learn it, just learn the material? I mean, because I don't know how many features you had in it as his lawyer Jerome, but I mean, from that to <laughs> you know what I mean, though. And then all of a sudden they're like, hey, and put this on your shoulders for a little bit, just just learn the part and see it's what happens. Pretty much what it was. They said we'll give you, I think it was four days, um, wow. to learn it, and then we'll let you go on for two performances just in case you're a little jittery the first night who wouldn't be sure just give you two shots at it and then we'll make a decision no matter what you'll either have the part or you'll you'll still be jerome so it's a win-win absolutely yeah why not do I the said, work oh, yeah sure sure why why not was was the other actor aware of this or was oh this yeah a, he was okay. told too it was it was a little uncomfortable oh, for me yeah. I, I was gonna yeah. say yeah, it probably yeah. was for him too but yeah. uh it was odd because we had scenes together as Jerome and Frank, and I'm watching it going, oh, he crosses the stage left four. <laughs> you know? Um, mm. It's weird. Totally. It's that like, running monologue in your mind. Or yeah. like I'm going over his words and mine. It's like, mm-hmm. it, was, it was an odd. How surreal. It was yeah. surreal. It was an odd, odd time. Uh, did you, so at what point did, you, did they make the decision that you were going to play Franklin Shepard? I was told after the first night. Ah. Oh. When I did it, I went on. They, they. I remember they were there in the wings, stage left, and they like, being. Uh, I guess Hal, Prince, maybe Steve Sondheim. I don't remember if Steve was there, but I remember Hal just said, "It's, it's yours. yours." That like, night, while you yeah. were getting off. Wow. But I was still in costume. Holy God. Oh my God! Still in my t-shirt and carpenter <laughs> pants. <laughs> the old you know. t-shirt and carpenter yeah, pants you know how combo. It is. Yeah. Wow. That's the way I remember it. That's the way you remember. Yeah. It. Yeah. And it's once again beautifully. Documented. Oh, in Lon- this, in Lonnie this. did. Lonnie Price. Yeah, it's we, beautiful. We, we talked about it on a few episodes ago, and it's mm-hmm. it really is just a majestic, majestic documentary. I think it's the best documentary about theater I think ever it's made. So period. Yeah. Well, it's one of the best. I mean, it's hard to yeah to say which one people like the Pennybacker. Um, oh, the company, the company one. Yeah, oh, which is, that's good but too. It's, but it it's doesn't different. have the emotional. No, 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 no. It's, this has a heart. And when you have the, also the, the, the history included in it, it's, it, I mean, that's, that's what's magical. Thank God there's a cast recording of this, that, oh. I mean, that this was preserved. Absolutely. I mean, uh, and can you tell us, when did you record that recording? We recorded it uh, the day after we closed. I think it was November 29th of 81 was when we recorded it. So... You know, the day after we closed. And, and did you get how much closing notice did you have? I mean, was it was the writing on the wall for a while? Did we kind of know that it wasn't? I mean, I we knew in previews that they were tweaking and they were yeah. constantly working on it. But I think the writing was indeed on the wall. Yeah. Uh, they gave us one week notice, so I don't know if that means they had to pay us another week. I don't remember how. I don't. I don't even know. Yeah. I should know, but mm-hmm. um, I believe they gave us one week notice because. We opened, and the reviews came out, which were pretty devastating. But it was already too late to give two weeks because, you know, we would have run three weeks that way because we were already into that week, the first week. Um, But we, uh, I think we had one week notice, and also we had about one week notice for we would indeed be recording the cast recording because for a while we heard that it was not going to happen. Wow. Mm. 
But then it came to be that it was recorded, yeah. and it was the, the morning after we showed up at 10 a.m. the next day. And I remember it was a long day. I didn't leave. Sweet. Oh, yeah. very much Gosh. so. And I didn't leave till 2 a.m. the next morning. Oh, so wow. it was 12 uh, plus, well, what, 16 hours, I yeah. guess. Wow. And that was the wow. final goodbye. That was it. Yeah. It was the very last time we were all, yeah, that together. Yeah. Yeah, pretty wild. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And you also got married during this time, is that right? Yeah, you know, I had some free time. <laughs> between, between shows, so I got the two hours and 45 yeah, minutes. I'll just keep my microphone on. And, uh, let's go to City Hall. Well, that's another, that's a long, you know, a lot of people don't, well, now they know, but... Uh, uh, yes, the day, the, these are the footnotes, oh, the, the bullet points. The <laughs> day after we opened, my girlfriend, Janie Gleason, is, told me she was pregnant. Okay. So I read the reviews. Well, I didn't read the reviews, by the way. I, 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 by then, I was already thinking, just don't read them. Yeah. But I knew. You can, yeah. you can just smell it in the air, <laughs> the way people talk to you. And, mm-hmm. Well, anyway, she... Uh, she told me that she was pregnant, and um, that was November 17th. So then we were married exactly 10 days later at City Hall. Oh, wow. So the first few days was like, well, what are we going to do? What do you want to do? Well, what am I prepared to do? I don't You know, so it was also me going, boy, this is some crazy timing. Uh, I'll bet we're going to close the show before the new year. I wish I could make a major life decision when I'm not distracted by one yeah. of the perhaps the biggest yeah that's intense um, work uh, career uh, opportunity yeah so it was and life event in itself yeah. so you know? my worlds collided to say the least it was yeah. like mid November of 1981 was like dizzying and you had a beautiful baby I have a beautiful daughter named Tyler. Uh, she lives mm. in Palo Alto, California. Probably. Oh, wow. You can do the math. I'm not going to tell you how old she is because <laughs> you don't talk about that. But um, <laughs> she saw the documentary two days ago oh, and she goodness. said she wept through uh, the second half. I of can't it. imagine yeah. if I got to see my it's father like, and, like, as, you know, yeah. when my age now, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Or at least close to it. Sure. Yeah. I'm not in a lot of that early footage. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you can see me here and there and yeah. I think, oh my God. I was so good looking. I was Why say, was I so like, insecure? What's it like watching yourself from 1980, 81? It's, it's, it's odd because it? I just think, oh my God, we were all so cute. Mm. We were all so attractive. You know, youth has yeah. its own allure. Uh, True. Even a, an ugly 20-year-old is kind of good looking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I don't want to see you in 20 years, pal. But, uh <laughs> But I, it was interesting to watch, and uh, was it hard at all when you watched it? Oh yeah, uh, it was. Uh, I don't really like I, watching myself the the interviews of the present sure. day interviews. Mm-hmm. It was like just I wanted to say smile. <laughs> you know, I look just a little 
I looked a little world weary and serious, which is fine. There's that part of me too, but sure. well, you were 25. You were an old pro at that point, so that's where the world weariness comes from. Oh no, from, I right? not when I was 25. I looked oh, f- I looked cute and yeah. uh, fine then. But I'm talking no, no, about the, the present footage, day, present day footage oh, was a little please. like, oh well, you know. Just, oh, I, you look so charming. Oh, that's very kind. Now, I want to jump back to somebody who has done so much for musical theater. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves, and that's Ron Field. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Who yeah. does so much work, and we, for some reason, he's just sort of forgotten in our. We, we talk about. We talked about him with. Yeah. We talked to Leroy. We talked to. Uh, and we t- other people have worked with him, but yet uh, I feel like. Our, Younger people have no idea. Who they know this Ron they know Field Bennett was. and they know Gower Chapin. Yeah. Sure. They sort of Fossey. just forget, and Fossey, they just sort of forget Ron Field. Yeah. So what what was he like? What was his his work ethic like? What was he like as a person? Why should we remember him? Well, he, his credits you know them probably far better than I. Mm-hmm. He never really did have his a chorus line or dream girls mm. in my opinion or I agree. applause is as close i, I think as you and got. Ca- the original yeah. choreographer for cabaret yeah. but yes. not directing cabaret yeah, just he did liza's a lot yeah. of liza's yeah. uh, shows probably liza mm-hmm. with the z or whatever mm-hmm. those um i don't know he was kind of snarky and funny to me mm. almost like a a dancing paul lind <laughs> We always used to do Paul Lynch impressions. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, we love that on this podcast. <laughs> but, you know, I, we, I, he went, I think he kind of encouraged my snarkiness or my smart alecky side. <laughs> Amazing. You guys would do Paul Lynn impersonations together? Well, as I remember. <laughs> uh, I, I, that is the best Paul Lynn I've ever heard. <laughs> He's doing the face like we should get guys. Oh, this is so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I loved him. <laughs> When we do the Paul Lynn story, we will cast yes, Jim Walton. Please, I, uh, oh my God! Uh, he was a. I, uh, we love Paul Lynn. I used to do impersonations of him so much that it cre- crept into my own delivery on stage. And I worked with the director who said, "It's like you're doing a Paul Lind impression." And went, "I can." <laughs> And then I would break into it. And then he would go, no, 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 don't do that. It's the like, strangest oh production God. of Miracle Worker anybody had oh, ever right. seen. You, I want you to. Like. Oh, my God. Not, my, mine is nothing no. like Jim's. Well, Jim's no. is brilliant. My God. I, I've studied it, too. I mean, I like <laughs> once in a while, I've just watched him and, uh, <laughs> in Hollywood Square. <laughs> anyway, enough about that. But no, My uh, day is made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Ron. Ron encouraged me. He, I think he just liked me, and he yeah. he just um, he encouraged me, and and you know I could I could dance. I was more of a tap dancer than anything, but I could I could make my way through a dance routine as like as well as any of the singers could. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah, I think he respected me for that, and so but uh, he was a funny, complicated. He was a complicated, and I think he had. His own share of bitterness uh, about life or the business. And I can understand that. I don't know the details of that, but but that's partly what made him very funny. He kind of had a wicked sense of humor. Yeah. yeah. I dream the dream of days to come where sponsorship is high and money is forthcoming. That's beautiful, Kevin. I really added a voice onto that one, too. (laughs) I really was trying to go for something there. Listeners, we love creating this podcast, but it does cost money. Please don't make me sell my Angel record. Oh, my gosh. The original cast recording of Angel. That, like, nobody has. Nobody has it. If you like what we are doing and want us to keep doing more of it, please... Head over to Patreon.com. What? That's P-A-T. 
R-E-O-N dot com. Pat Rion. Pat Rion. Yeah, Pat. Pat Rion. Rion. Pat Rion. Yeah, once you're there, search for Behind the Curtain Broadway's Living Legends. And of course... We don't expect to give without receiving some great rewards. Such rewards include behind-the-scenes videos, shout-outs on future episodes, mm. or episodes, depending on what part of the country you're from, because <laughs> I said episodes, and early access to some of our podcasts. Hell, for the right price, Kevin and I will come to your apartment and act out all of Agnes of God. <laughs> so head over, friends, to P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com to help us out. One of the things that you did, which I, which we find so fascinating, is this Follies in Concert, which I know was just a couple of days of rehearsal, so I'm, I'm sure it felt like a whirlwind for you. But do you have any specific memories of working with those legends and putting this amazing score together? Oh, it was phenomenal. It was a week. It was the first week of September of 1985. Mm-hmm. And I was out on the road with 42nd Street at the time. Yes. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. But I got enough advance warning and, and the offer that I got to do it, that I took my vacation oh, that week. So amazing. I got paid by 42nd Street. Right. And to Lincoln go, go Center. Go do that, yeah. yeah. Wow. Not a bad deal. No. Um, so I came to New York, and um, we rehearsed for like four or five, I think it was a four days. Yeah, which was documented on, on, on that amazing great documentary. Yeah. Amazing documentary. Yeah. Well, it was phenomenal. I mean, again, it was... It was like Merrily in that, how the heck did I get that? Well, because Sondheim handpicked us, you know. And three of us were in Merrily, Daisy Prince, Liz Calloway, myself, and then Howard McGillen was the other, yeah. the young Ben. Um, it, was, uh, it was thrilling to work with all these people. Yeah. Um, I did, was on stage with Lee Remick and, yeah. you know, that I talk to Carol Burnett and Barbara Cook was so nice. Yeah, they're just an amazing group of people. Yeah. Just so I want to jump back for a second. So you said you were on tour with 42nd Street. So you have the wife and a young daughter at this. How do you make that work? Well, by that point, I was already divorced. You were divorced. By 1985, I was. But mm-hmm. originally, Janie and Tyler and I went to Chicago when Tyler was three months old, four months old, mm-hmm. which is where I began work on 42nd Street. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so we, we took the train. We took the train from New York to... It was easier, we thought, with the baby and all this, this luggage yeah. to uh, take the train. So op- did, you, you, did you open the show in Chicago? Mm-hmm. And then was the idea that Janie and, and... No, we stayed on the road. Then we played three months in Chicago. Then we went to Las Vegas wow. for two or three months at the wow. Caesars Palace. <laughs> and... Um, it closed a little early there. Didn't do as well as they'd expected or wanted. And uh, Janie, by that point, said, "I'm I'm tired of the road." I'm out of here. And she was just, you know, along yeah. for the ride. Yeah. She wasn't in the show. She didn't work on it. Um, so she settled in in Burbank, California, because she had friends there. Yeah. Uh, we settled there, but uh, there. It was a long story short. There was they declared a hiatus on Forty Second Street for three months, so they could close down that company and reopen it in Philadelphia three months later. I think they had to wait three months or ten weeks or whatever it was before they could reopen with the same cast, whatever. So we we spent that um, a couple of months in Burbank, and then I went back out alone on the on the road to Philadelphia, which is kind of where the marriage really. Because yeah. I decided to get into trouble that way. I was, you know, no one to mind the shop. So yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but anyway, then skipping forward, then after we divorced, basically, in the autumn of 84, um, a year later, I was in, in New York doing the Follies, the Follies concert. concert. Wow. Yeah. And New York's been home for you ever since. No, since, uh, since February of 79. Wow. As a matter of fact, I'm living in the same apartment <laughs> I found in March of 1979. It's been like, stabilized. So you and, and George stabilized. Lee Andrews. I yeah, mean, that's yeah, exactly. That's absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's, and I took it not knowing it was even rent stabilized. I thought, oh, two eighty a month, that's not bad. That's what it was then. You're kidding oh. me. So I thought, well, okay. Four hundred dollars a month was my top then. I was thinking I'm not gonna pay more than four hundred dollars a month. And but that was that was yeah. a lot then. That, of course. No, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course. So two eighty. And then they said you want to be the super? I said, see. <laughs> and uh, we'll pay you to live it's, here. It's, buddy. Uh, yeah, pretty much. It was did free for the first year. Did you like life on the road? Um, I did and I didn't. I, I went back out on the road. In 85, I was out yeah. uh, playing like 85 cities in a year and a half across the United States. Ooh. Started in San Francisco and just went all over. Well, that's shorter runs than not, not three oh, months yeah. in a place. No, three days sometimes. That's, a lot, a that's way more tedious. Jeez. Very tedious. Yeah. And I remember getting to a few cities late enough there where I thought, well, after... Ten hours on the bus, I can either check into the hotel and take a shower, or I could eat a good hot meal and then just go to the theater and and just do the show. Wow. And usually I would just choose to eat... The meal one out. Because, you know, Billy, you got to dance and jump around and sing high and... Yeah, you need some stuff. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's a very, very aerobic part. It, it I mean. is. It's, it's kind of like the most active... Semi thankless role I've ever played. You know, the, uh, no, he, he I think so. Have I any. agree. Like he's yeah. the guy who dances, but like it's usually you're like it's about Peggy. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. really, and Julie Marsh. Yeah. But he doesn't. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, it was a good show for me in many ways. But did Stardust bring you back to New York City? Um, uh, basically, the tour of Forty Second Street closed on the road. I think in 1986, and I just came home. Yeah, and then. But I think Stardust was shortly after that. It was downtown at a place called Theater Off Park. But I've never heard, heard of that. Theater yeah, Off Park. I don't think it exists anymore. It used to be off of the off of Park Avenue or off of Central Park, but then it moved to a place in the village where there's no park. <laughs> and it was like, well, there are parks, but it was not no, near a park. It wasn't like, <laughs> it's like right. why is it called Theater Off Park? Well, that's what it was Avenue. called uptown. Is like oh, you're okay. way <laughs> off park. <laughs> Should be theater way off park. <laughs> off off park, yeah. Anyway. But yeah, we did it. Six six people? Yes. Three men, three women. And it was a big enough hit there in that ninety nine seat theater that Louise Westergaard and others producers said, We're going to Broadway. But even then I thought, Really? This you're taking this little review to back then already I was at age thirty one, I was thinking, This yeah. shouldn't go to Broadway. Who else was in that cast with you? Andre DeShields, uh, um, Kim Criswell, oh. Michelle Bautier, Michelle, um, uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, Maureen Brennan, oh, Jason Graw, huh. myself. And these are the songs of uh, Mitchell Parrish mm-hmm. and, and Ho- Hoagie Carmichael? Well, Mitchell Parrish and various, and various other, you know, writers. Hoagie Carmichael, um, whoever wrote uh, The Sleigh Ride, um, Leroy, 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 Leroy Anderson? Yes, exactly. I love Lotter. Leroy Anderson. Yeah. yeah. Goldilocks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my yeah. favorite musical. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> how, how did that do? It did very well off-Broadway. Yes. <laughs> you couldn't get a seat. <laughs> but and the old classic uh, transfer. Yeah, and, and they tried to puff it up. Yeah. You know, it just didn't... 
it didn't work. It, it ended up being like it's a it was like a review of songs. Yeah, basically. it was like a sophisticated yeah. ladies. Yeah, yeah. But the yeah. smaller cast sure. and you know we we were good, capable singing actors and dancers, but you know we weren't Greg Hines and. Uh, <sighs> Wow, you know that's yeah. that was the sophisticated ladies was quite a cast, yeah. and uh, to make it pop and it on a Broadway stage and they're not theater songs, yeah, it's right. really it's tricky, really that difficult. Actually, yeah, it, yeah, you take for granted those, those storytelling songs and how oh, important yeah. they are yeah. for yeah. an audience. Well, that's you need the did the depth and the breadth of the stage in order yeah. to you know attach to those characters and if. if if you're singing Sweet Lorraine, well, it's a lovely song, but yeah. you know, it's like, well, how? What's but the why? story? Yeah. You, you're just happy because you met a girl you like. <laughs> That's neat. Yeah, right. <laughs> so and you did the best you could. Where? What theater did it? Did it play? The Biltmore, which is now the um, uh, Friedman. Yeah. Oh, right. Of course. It's on Forty uh, Seventh yeah, yeah. and Eighth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Y- you've done a lot of reviews and a lot of revivals. That's yeah. In your in your time, and now your next the next revival. This is a big one. It's a Sweeney Todd. Mm, yes. So or Teeny Todd. That's the, right. The Teeny con- Todd. Oh, the con- that's con- so that's sweet. Thing of this we, we big spoke with a musical. co-star of yours just a couple weeks ago, Eddie. Eddie, Eddie Corbett. Boy, That's right. he was and maybe the best thing in there. Oh. <laughs> no, he was awesome, oh, Tobias. He was like an awesome, Tobias. He's, oh, oh, he's, cool. he's so talented. So sweet. Um, had you seen the original Sweeney Todd? Oh, yes. Twice. Oh, Yeah, it was the first show I saw in New York City after I moved. Oh, yeah. I, I swear, my boxes were still stacked up in my apartment. It was yeah. like, it's Wednesday afternoon. One fifteen. I'm going to TKTS, and I nice. saw it in previews. Oh, on previews. I saw it in previews, and then after it opened. Yeah. Do you think it was just brilliant? Oh, absolutely. Oh, it was pretty much. Well, then again, I think it was the first. Sadly, the first Sondheim show I saw on Broadway in my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't see Company, Follies, oh, okay. Night Music, Pacific Overtures. I I didn't live there yet, and but Sweeney, Sweeney, yeah. I saw, and whoa. Knocked me out. So when you're here, they're doing it at the the York Theater. Mm-hmm. Did you? What was what was the first thought that went through your mind? I don't. It started. Oh yeah, yeah, it started. Church of the Heavenly Rest. Church which of is the Heavenly Rest Street or whatever, yeah. and uh, oh. Fifth Avenue, just east of Fifth, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't remember except I got an audition to play Anthony Hope, and I thought, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I really don't remember what I thought at first, except I was probably. Excited because I love the show so much. Was there? I don't want this to come out wrong, but was there any sense of hubris at all that you were like, "Hey, I did Frank and Merrily." <laughs> Do you know? What I mean, a little yeah. bit, like just a well, little, like I'm come sure on. I, I mean, thought I'm sure it, there was like a know, little like, bit like, uh, "Hey, I mean, come on, I'm still well, get a call back." What I've <laughs> always wanted to say when I auditioned for Asana, I was like, "You know, I'm auditioning for Anthony, but by the time you open, I'll be playing Sweeney." <laughs> so I understand what's going on here. Just. Uh, just wanted to just point out the elephant there. in the room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I would no, I can't do that. No, I, I think of those things, but then I think, well, that's just ridiculous thought. You know, yes. I know it's a, it's an of absurd. Course. It doesn't bleed that far. The bragging right. rights don't bleed that far into actually no, true. perpetuating. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, you had done two Sondheim high profile. That's uh, true. Pieces. Yeah. So I put that in my yeah. cap, thinking, well, I'm hey. good. I have. I have a, you know a the re- language. <laughs> yes, I have a past and a history with this great artist, and if I'm so lucky, and sure enough, I did it, and then it was a big enough hit, kind of like Stardust. It was a big hit off Broadway, yeah. 
But then uh, the York Theater moved it to uh, Circle in the Square, where it was, I think it was a hit, but it didn't run as long as I felt it should run, you know, and the audience just started uh, getting... Uh, slimmer. Yes. And, and was it done in a three-quarter thrust, or was it in mm-hmm. the round, or was it... It was kind of in the round. Yeah. It was almost environmental. There were scenes in the aisles yeah. and all over. It was wow. It was a cool production. Bob Gunton. Beth, Beth Fowler. 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 Sure, yeah. Talk to her. Yeah. yeah. You can yeah. see, I saw it, as a matter of fact, uh, just because I was researching an idea that I didn't work on. I, I saw at Lincoln Center Library, Juilliard, you know, the library. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That sits there. You can see it, and it's like not bad. I, oh, I, was I think ready it's to, quite good. I yeah. was ready to hate myself. You know what I mean? But I thought, oh well, I, it's good. I, you know, committed, and I sang well, and uh, all right, fine. Yeah. I'm ready to just hate myself when yeah. I sing. Uh, oh my gosh! You know, please. Enough of that. Did you enjoy performing in such an intimate environment? I did. Yeah. I I think my one regret at the time was that we weren't mic'd. I mean, we didn't yeah, wear mic, we yeah. did not wear mics on our bodies. There were mics, I think, up. Wow! And so there were certain moments where, could you put me near that mic, because it was. I remember it being vocally tiring. Because keep in mind, if you're not mic'd and you're singing, and there are people sitting behind you, yeah, yeah that's you your really part. have to enunciate you, yeah. and that that can really weak um, tire out the larynx and. Yeah, it's just hard to relax. I remember yeah. that. And I remember twice singing to Gretchen Kingsley. I went, let's see if I can do it. I feel you. I, I cracked on, I feel like. you. And she's like looking at me like <laughs> twice. It's just like, oh, gosh. But you don't want to push too hard on right. it, you know. Because you got to make it tender. Yeah. 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 Like she's right there. I right. feel <laughs> That's tough in that environment. Classic. That's really it's right tough. on the yeah. mail break, too. It's like, yeah. Right. It's like <laughs> yeah, if our listeners got a chance to go down to Lincoln Center and take a look at it, it really, it really I is am. stunning. Sure, and or, you are stunning in oh, it. Well, you're, thank you. I appreciate it. Or if you haven't been to Lincoln Center to see anything, go and do it. Yeah, because just pick a show. Oh, I wished I'd seen. I don't know what. Say you're doing it for research. And you just go. Fill yeah, in the blank. And just and there's, go. Yep. everything has been filmed over the last like thirty years. Yeah, it's fascinating yeah. because you you really see a lot of detail. Yeah. And now going to your next review, and the world goes round. Ah, finally a ah, hit, a hit. Yes. Congratulations, finally Jim Walton. Well, says. you know, it's it's kind of true though. It's really actually of all the shows I've done in New York, it's almost the one where I was featured, and they built it on us, the five of us. Tell us about this process because we we love the show. But we're Completely. so interested to hear how this all comes about. Well, I think it's the genius of those creators. Candor and Ebb. Never mind. Just, yeah, Candor and Ab, but Susan Stroman, uh, Scott Ellis, yeah. Tommy Thompson, who was the book writer. Um, uh, I, I think it's those ideas. That, that, to me, is what makes it work. Like me and my baby, where we're singing to our little carriages, and then we pull out banjos, and we're all playing, yeah. singing to our banjos. I mean... But for review, that's to me that's great stuff. And then we all played the banjos. Um, the or, staging is impeccable. Oh uh, yeah, have the stage. Yeah, bootleg? it's. I saw a bootleg, but I have that bootleg. Okay, great. lucky. Yeah. <laughs> but the allegedly, sta- it's the, allegedly, really good, yeah. the staging is impeccable. Oh yeah, she. I, yeah, she's special. It's it's you know not to discredit Scott Ellis, but it's hard to know whose idea is whose. And that's a great collaboration, yeah. isn't yes, it? Right. Yes, but, totally. Um, what they what they put together 
was genius. But they also worked, like I remember when I auditioned, uh, you know, the special skills down yeah. at the bottom. No, I can tap dance. I play. I had, when I was a kid, I played a lot of instruments, just ADD. You know, I was, mm-hmm. I played banjo. I played four string banjo a little bit and it's five hard. string banjo. Oh my gosh. Just because. Why not? You're sitting around in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. And, uh, and you love Steve Martin, and he's a major on his right star. He's my favorite musical. Earl Scruggs, he does the. He's amazing. He's incredible. Um, so, they saw that. That was partly why we all played banjo. I was like, what? Thanks, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, so it was just those. They built the show around our skills and. Their own great idea. Who were your co-stars in that? Um, two Karens: Karen Mason, mm-hmm. Karen Ziemba, mm-hmm. and um, Brenda Presley. Uh, yes. But she had an injury early on, so Terry Burrell went on for her quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But Brenda and uh, Bob Cuccioli was the nice. other guy. So it was five of us. Fantastic. And David Loud did the arrangements and was the conductor. It was primarily with you? Yeah. 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 So you got to build a lot of it in the rehearsal room, though. Is that correct? It seems to me that I remember it that way. We did it first at the Hull Theater, which was then operating in Montclair, New Jersey. Oh. Olympia Dukakis ran the theater. Yeah. Oh, right. It's uh, no longer. Yeah, not, not around anymore. There. Uh, and then from New Jersey to... To, well, yeah, we, uh, like, I think a year or so later, we got another production of it. Wow. Uh, but in New Jersey, it was Brent Barrett yes. and and I who did it. Yeah. And was there a different woman? I'm trying to remember. I should remember, but I can't. Um, but then we booked it at the newly renovated Westside Arts Theater, the upstairs room, and um, rehearsed it, put it up, and we got great reviews and then recorded it. And, yeah. you know, it was... a. Great feather in my cap, and it, I, but even by then, I remember opening night. I had one of those moments where I was looking like through a, a foggy window at my life, thinking, "Wow, it's a hit," and huh. and I'm, you know, I have debts from my divorce. You know what I mean? It was like <laughs> no, totally. I'd gotten yeah. to like a like mountaintop, but it was tenderness. Yeah, exactly. Like, but y- yes, but and, and there's reality too. Yeah. What, so it uh, was, what was interesting. It like uh, was were Kendra Ebb around? Yes, and they were. can you speak a little bit about Fred Ebb? Because we oh, well, well, we don't yeah. get to chat with him, and well, I was a fact a huge admirer. We both love his work and who he was. Absolutely, he was a great guy to us. Again, John and Fred, where they were like we called them Uncle John and Uncle Fred. They were just these benevolent, yeah. loving, mm. you can do no wrong type of guys. You know what I mean? It was yeah. weird. Yes. Like, yeah. totally. I remember, well, Fred was just funny and would laugh at you when you would <laughs> sing Sarah Lee. You know, it's like, come on, you know this song. For... Right, I know. You still think it's funny? <laughs> right. But I remember I had to play, I played parts, I played, you know, all that jazz on stage and also part of New York, New York. And I went to John and I said, I have these changes for New York, New York, you know, where I just, just kind of moderate jazz, you know, things uh, on the tritone. He, he goes, well, let me hear it. And I did it. He goes, oh, yeah, that's fantastic. Yes, do that. He's like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> what, and, a you great know, that's crazy. Yeah. what a great environment. <laughs> yeah, and I remember another time we had these reprises of World Goes Round. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to sing, um, like, crossing stage quietly before a ballad. I had to sing 
Somebody loses and somebody wins. Sometimes it kicks in. And then I went, but the planet spins and the world goes round and round, was what I would sing. But then during previews or tech, I'm backstage, I went... But the, just to myself, I didn't know my mic was on. But the planet spins and the world goes round and round. And, and John shouted. I went, oh, no. John Cameron. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I went, oh, no. And he went, Jim, where are you? Get out here. And I went, hi, sorry. And he goes, no, do that. What was that? I said, oh, it was just a little riff. Six, five, three, two, one. You know. <laughs> <laughs> my bad white boy riff. That's right. as jazzy as I get. And he goes, do it. And now it's on the, it's on the recording. It's it is like, on the recording. Right. And like every guy yeah. who sings it now, now is like, oh, that's the way it goes. That's it. Like, that's yeah. the definitive way. But anyway, that was them. Like Almost like you could do no wrong. That's what they... Well, collaborate. A, I mean, that's that yeah, was, and yeah. that they they were like that with when we talked about Scott's World Boys the other day. Same team. They were still yeah. creating that yeah. kind of yeah. art. You know, but that's them. They that's just incredible. That openness, Lovely. that generosity. Yeah. Loveliest guys. Was there ever any talk about moving that to Broadway? I don't remember. That's possible. Yeah, but again, I think they were smart. They, yes, yeah. I, they knew this is this is where it belongs. It's a small, clever as hell review. And it had it was sell it sold out and you know yeah so now you what one of the things that we love about your career is that you you go from leading man to supporting player back to leading man back to supporting player um, when did that work ethic get instilled in you or how do you think that work ethic got instilled in you you mean I haven't been the leading player <laughs> in every oh I should check my oh that's what a pink contract <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh! You That's why there's a difference. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to let you know, Jim. I'm so sorry. Um, I guess the question was, what's it like to go back and forth between a feature, I mean, a leading yeah. player and a... Yeah. Well, it can, it can be, you know, on the ego, it can be a little... Yeah, I, can, yeah, I have to process it a little bit, you know. But um, I have to... I just want to say, there's a wonderful story in uh, Jen Tepper's book, The Untold Stories of Broadway, that you tell uh, about being in The Music Man. Is that where I played Harold one in the afternoon and then Marcellus that night? Would you yes. I mean... Would you would you tell us about this? Well, it was so ironic. And here I was, forty five years old, you know, fully grown man. I covered three roles in Music Man. Harold Hill, Marcellus, and uh, Charlie Cowell. Yeah. Okay. And I went on for all of those guys. Well, one day, matinee day, a Wednesday or a Saturday, they said, Jim, Craig's out. You're Harold Hill. I went, Okay, great. So I went on, Harold Hill, audience loves it. I stepped out of the stage door, everybody, yo, Mr. Walton, can I have a picture? Would you yeah. sign this for my son? And, you know, all these, I, I didn't get home for 15 minutes. You know, I had to deal with yeah. all these, uh, happily dealt with yes. all these yeah. people who loved the show and loved me. Went home, had dinner, went back to the theater. Craig's back. Oh, that's good. But Max is out. You're going to be Marcellus tonight. I went, oh, wow, this is interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna be now. I'm gonna be Marcellus. So I go on. I'm still feeling really good. Yeah. Great Marcellus. You know, I'm, it's different role, of course. And I get out of costume, put on my civvies, and I head out the stage door, open it like, <laughs> "Where's my public?" And everybody's looking like past me. And I, I'm invisible. And they're like, "Oh, Craig, Mr. Bierko, would you sign this for my son?" I uh, went, "Oh, of course, idiot." They. They love the character, you know. Yeah. 
Not that they don't respect you for your of work. Of course. But nobody's nobody knew that I was Harold that afternoon. Right. It's you know, but I, Mark, of course. Same thing like when you when you were Harold Hill, but then you walk two blocks away from the theater. Nobody knows. Exactly. No. It's same kind of like little a, microcosm of yeah. what we do. But it's it's God, such man. a brilliant story. And thank yeah. you for sharing it with My us. My pleasure. I love it because it's so the irony is very yes. rich. And yeah. I was still naive enough to open the door like... Of course. <sighs> well, I guess I'll just go home I think a lot now. of artists can understand that, actually. Yeah. I think it's part of our business. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I have to ask about... Um, you went on tour with Hello, Dolly. Is that right? Is that right? Very good. You've <laughs> done you, your can, research. It, now, was that with Carol Channing? Or it was it with Sally... It was with, it Carol, was with Carol Channing. Do you, I... What was it like? <laughs> what was she like? I mean, she like, was very, yeah. very nice to me. Michael DeVries was your Cornelius Hackle on ah. the road on that tour, but he he pinched a nerve in his neck. Okay, like he hurt himself so badly that he, you know, he just couldn't go on. Ooh. And so Leroy Reams, the director, called and said, "I don't think you've ever done this before, but could you learn the role in four days?" And you know, so I I'd never actually, played. Actually, actually, I have done this before. <laughs> Hold on, As a matter of fact, uh, well, I could do. <laughs> Uh, so I, I learned Cornelius and joined them in like Columbus or oh uh, wherever they were. I can't remember now. Yeah, that is incredible. And 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 uh, and, and, and was Miss Channing? Um, would you say that she 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 hit her marks? That's how I mean. She, oh yeah. She had like a, her show, and that was like the way it. Um, yeah. You I, know, and you had to kind of like fit into that. Pretty much. Bit. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, it would be for any show. I guess even you're right. if yeah. if it wasn't Carol Channing. Yeah. You. Well, you got to stand on L7 when you sing. It only takes a moment, and then you're going to turn, you know, it's yes. the, yeah. stage left seven. Um, but no, she was kind to me, and, um, you know, she did that all of that. She's <laughs> welcome to the company. And, uh, but she was nice, and she yeah. was doing her voice. She sure knew her part by she... then. But I do recall that one time, right before dancing, the song Dancing, she went up. Maybe she realized, oh, this isn't Michael DeVries. It took her a week or something. <laughs> and and I said, uh, Mrs. Levi, I think you were going to tell me about how to lead. <laughs> what moment ever? I, I gave her her line. You know, I think you were about to teach me to flavin. <laughs> and then she went, oh, yes. Cornelius. <laughs> But that's all. I, but other than that, she was she, she was, was right nice on. to well, me. Well, she's a workhorse. I mean, yeah. she was a pro. Uh, yeah. that's amazing. I have to ask you, what other impressions do you do, Jim? Uh, well, uh, I mean, I've done a lot over my days, but I, I'm not, you know, one a one man show with I Jim. I mean, the I can't. Oh, my favorite story about impressions is this happened years ago, 25 years ago. I thought, well, I, I want to prepare a song, an audition piece where I can do impressions. Great. I thought, that's well, smart. what would it be? I said, oh, a song about identity, you know, about being myself. And I came up with I've Gotta Be Me, you know. <laughs> whether I'm right so, or whether I'm wrong, yeah. you know, I've gotta be me, I've gotta be me. And I start singing it, and then I slip into, oh, yeah, Lewis, or whatever it is. And then <laughs> yeah. I go, sorry, sorry, apologize. And then I slip into another. And then finally, I stop apologizing, and they just, that I, I do about 20 impressions in it. Is in about three minutes' time. I haven't sung it in a long time, but that is a brilliant idea. Uh, I yeah, love talk about it. creating your own. Someone's going to you know, steal that. Yeah. Well, Jim please is... let him. Have, I don't care. Oh, I have no gosh. qualms. It's. But anyway, wow. that song has gotten me jobs, and I've sung it more at events where do you have something that's kind of upbeat and funny, funny. and mm -hmm. yeah, amazing. That's, that's one of my favorite things. I want to talk about your relationship with Lonnie Price. Mm. 
because you guys went from being co-stars to the fact that he directs you quite often. We've you've yeah. done the Sondheim birthday concert mm-hmm. for him. You've done uh, Company mm-hmm. with him, and Absolutely. now you're about to go into Sunset Boulevard. I, I know. should preface this that this fella has Rob has assisted him as a director. Oh, is that I, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. I'm very yes. lucky. I've he, gotten to work has... with Lonnie a few times. What did yeah. you do? I did his Sweeney with him, oh, and I uh, loved his Sweeney. What wasn't that oh. brilliant? Fantastic. She was. Jeez, she was something oh, else. Emma Thompson, right? Yeah. That's genius. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, genius. Yeah. The nicest person you'd ever yeah. want to meet, too. That's what he tell. says. It came through. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. That's and then right. uh, we did a Sinatra concert together and uh, worked a little bit on the documentary. Oh, my with God. Yes, yeah, so I'm very I'm very lucky. That's we are both very lucky. We are both very yes, lucky. Yes, I'm extremely but, so. Um, what, tell me a little bit about that collaboration. What makes him such a good director? Well, again, like Hal Prince, it's it's probably many things about Lonnie that that make him such a good director. I think, namely, again, like Hal, his passion. He he's kind of obsessed with the theater. You know what I mean? He that's his oh, his yeah? life. That's his. It's it. And uh, he's very knowledgeable, well read, and also I think, namely, that he's a former actor. He knows how actors feel in the process, you know, how, how to encourage them and now how not to make them feel insecure. Yeah. Because we all have our insecurities and we all need to be led and to be given room to experiment. And, uh, but Lonnie's that way. He loves, I'm such an old friend that he just, just says, well, whatever you want to. <laughs> do there you know <laughs> or he says oh no it's like when you make fun of so and so oh that's what oh i know what you mean <laughs> right but he knows me he knows my shtick or he knows my the way i am so you guys well. have a shorthand by now right kind of a yeah pretty yeah. much let's talk about that company concert Ooh. what a gosh. cast right what a cast yeah so phenomenal it's a what's well, a phenomenal cast now how did you guys put that together what i what i had heard and this is true. Not everybody was in the same room at the same time until pretty much the performance. That's true. So, <laughs> this is the Lincoln Center. The Lincoln that Center was preserved. Uh, you can can you watch yeah. it? Well, oh, it's, it's on PBS. DVD. It's PBS. Yeah, yeah, you it's can commercially available. purchase it. Yeah. Neil Patrick Harris and yes. Patty Lupone, Stephen Colbert, you yeah. know, John uh, yeah. John Cryer, John Cryer. Yeah. Martha Plimpton. I mean, this is a, Oof, a cast. But nobody in the same room at the same time, pretty much. That's wild. Uh, yeah. I mean, most of us were in the main, yeah. the same room. Uh, but I think uh, S- Stephen Colbert, who was doing the the Daily Show at the time, was was absent a little bit. So they would video things and send it to him, and especially to Neil Patrick Harris, mm-hmm. who was in Los Angeles, uh, still shooting How I Met Your Mother, I believe. Um, wow. So they would video us behind us while we're going through the dances so that he could watch our feet and, you know, no, yeah. oh... And they, we would have uh, pseudo bobbies. There would somebody, you watch him. He's doing your part, Neil. Yeah, they would make them wear, or at least when we did Sweeney, we were in the same situation. You would wear a big placard that would yeah. say Sweeney. Yeah. Like, and so it like, goes back to the marriage. Like, yeah. 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 And go, oh, okay, oh, they're okay, moving good. there. They're That's moving where I this. go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. So now I have to ask you, the I don't know how long you've known Miss Lapone, but it seems like... There's great chemistry there. It feels like you guys have been married for quite some time oh, with each other. Well, that's very good because I met her <laughs> during rehearsals. I, I, you had never crossed paths. I'd never met her before. I'd seen her work, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, and I was nervous about it. 
just, you know, because you know, not so much that she has a reputation, but she's like a household name yeah. and such a talent. And But she was very kind to me. Her husband, I forget his name, forgive me, uh, grew, grew up 30 miles from where I grew up. Oh. Yeah, he's Kokomo, Indiana. And I was like, Kokomo? Oh, come on. We used to go to the shopping center there because, you know, <laughs> whatever. My, I had a doctor there. He's like, um, so, but she she was fun. She worked really hard. And I, and I was told, you know, that she she basically expects everyone to work hard. Mm-hmm. And if you're slouching or you're goofing off, she has no patience for it. I said, well, that's, that's good. That's yeah. a good thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got on very well, and um, I enjoyed being her husband for that week or two. I guess we rehearsed a couple of weeks, but I'm I haven't seen her since, you right. know. And it's so, the nature of business. <laughs> but um, we are very relaxed, and you know. Yeah. What do you like out of a scene partner, especially in the rehearsal process? What 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 traits do you enjoy? Um. Well, I do like someone like. Mrs. Lapone, who does her homework and knows what she's doing and talks to you, looks you in the eye and, do you know what I mean, who's oh, ready yeah. to engage. Listening that helps. and yeah. engaged, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess it's preparedness and oh, accessibility. Accessibility is great. Yeah. That's good. But I like it also from a reader when I'm auditioning because mm-hmm. a lot of times you get, if you're auditioning, I'm, the reader has the, the script kind of up to their face and you don't get any eye contact. Right. Once in a while, you do, and it's like, it makes a world of difference because that's what humans do. We right. talk to each other. We don't right. read lines. Then, yeah. then you're asking me to just to, to react fake to it what? Up. Yeah. yeah, I just got to fake. Oh, of course, I'm in love with you too. Yeah. Do you still like the auditioning process? Um, that uh, that implies like you liked it before. So I should ask you: yeah. Do you enjoy auditioning? Period. Uh, a lot of times. I do. Sometimes I don't, and it's hard for me to understand why I have a good audition or mm. why I don't. Yeah. Um, I like it when I have a lot of time to prepare. Mm-hmm. I like to have a lot of time because it takes me a, a while to get past my own bad habits, my first choices, mm-hmm. because that's just it. I find that as an actor, I have to start making choices early because there usually isn't time to... Let it germinate. I'm going to ask myself this question, and then three days from now, I might have the answer to what it is that makes this character tick. Because it can take that long. Yeah. It could take even longer. But you don't have that time, and so you. I found that I've, I've had to manufacture what I believe is the truth of a character. And if I don't really believe it, then it's hard for me to really emotionally commit to it. But if I have the time, and I find it, then... I fall in love with it, and I get it, and I can commit to it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. It's almost what you're like about. Yeah. I hate to say a rushed marriage, but it's almost <laughs> like, well, you're asking me to to do this when I'm not. I don't know what it is yet. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. if I have time, that helps. Got it. Oh, that's good. Do you still have a standard audition song that you use, or no? no? I mean, it, usually now it's. Here's did the, you get the size? Did you yeah. get the song they right. want you to sing? Yeah. The twenty, thirty pages of yeah. size. That's yeah. what I did. I auditioned Yo. for Sunset Boulevard. Yes. You know what I mean. <laughs> Here's get eight a, songs. Get a yeah. Book and bring a book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I sang The Ladies Paying from Sunset Boulevard yeah. and yeah. held copy because I I only had 48 hours. I only had two days. 
But um, thank goodness you play the piano at least. Yes, that you I can, know. You, you're you're exactly know what I mean? right. I've always found that to be a oh, huge commodity. A huge head start yeah. for me. Yeah. Because I can also think of all kinds of different songs. What song could I sing that will illuminate character? Usually that's what it is. <laughs> what song would I sing that will help illuminate this character? Interesting. Yeah. And uh, it helps that I've played a bunch of songs. And Do you want to ask about the other hat that Mr. Walton wears, which is writer. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You guys well, have done your research. We have a little bit, but you've written with your, with your brother. Yes, Bob uh, and I. Mm-hmm. I love that. And how did how did that come about? That you guys were like, "Hey, let's write a let's write a, well, let's write a couple shows together." Yeah, it started really back in 1991 when mm-hmm. I was doing World Goes Round, mm-hmm. and he was in City of Angels on Broadway. Love it. <laughs> and he said, "What if we did a Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS Night at um, the Triad mm-hmm. oh, on yeah? 70 se- oh, West yeah. Seventy Seconds? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's now um, Stage Seventy Two. Is think? that what it's called? Stage Seventy Two yeah. slash I feel like Triad. Jacques Brel is always there. Is yeah, what I feel like it was called DeGraw. What was it? DeGraw. It wasn't even called the Triad then. Huh. Steve McGraw. Steve McGraw. Oh, yeah. Steve McGraw. Um, so we th- said, all right. He said, you know, we could do some of our originals. We didn't write songs together before that, mind you. We hadn't written together. Oh wow. He writes music and lyrics. And plays the piano. I write music and lyrics and play the piano. So we gathered a bunch of songs, some good, some bad. Not bad, but just like, really? Are we <laughs> going to do this? And we wrote a couple of songs for it and did it and just clowned around and had our friends there and they laughed at everything we said. And so we felt like we owned the world. Was that Brother's Keeper? My Brother's Keeper. Uh-huh. Very good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. For want of a bit, we went, well, what if we just no, call him My Brother's Keeper? It's good. It's a good title. You know, makes sense. Yeah, yeah it's a little makes sense. Standard, but oh, you know. Yeah. And then after that, we, we we did it a few more times at the Triad and other places. Then we realized, well, we need to write a show that we can do. We need to write a book musical, either for us to do or others to do. Not a review about brothers. It's just there's not enough to hang a uh, an evening on. So we wrote. I had seen the mystery of Irma Vep. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Which you may know is a two-hander where in which they play many roles. And yes. I thought, well, Bob, why don't we write a two-hander for ourselves in which we play eight to ten characters Brilliant. going on and off stage? And so he wrote the libretto, and then we both wrote the score to what was called Double Trouble. That's so cool. Which is a, basically about a brother's songwriting team that goes to Hollywood because they get a chance to write this one big song for this musical, for this movie that's filming, and they need to write it quickly and... And the crazy characters they meet there. <laughs> That's great. It's, and is, yeah. this, is this available for licensing? Yes, it is. It's through R&H. Oh. R&H Theatricals. All right. So R&H has check that out. Double Trouble, a musical tour de farce. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> see, uh, that's, see, that's, that's, that's farce, funny. usually. Like <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.